in a world where two nerds come together to talk about all things nerdy, Just Us Nerds podcast was born. We talk about comics, movies, and all things in between. Get ready to have your mind blown by the most amazing podcast ever recorded anywhere, ever. The Just Us Nerds Podcast. Oh, yeah. Good afternoon, good evening, or good night, nerds, whatever the case may be. It is I, your host, Jay, of the most listened to, the most talked about podcast of its kind that I can say without hyperbole, the greatest podcast ever in the history of man. With me, as always, my <laughs> stalwart companion, Christopher. Uh, we are still broadcasting from the Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con, and we are fortunate enough to actually have the opportunity to interview someone who has worked in this field uh, as an artist for many, many years. We are joined by Mr. Jim Fern. Yeah! Without hyperbole, I'm absolutely the best comic artist that's ever lived. Yeah! <laughs> Tell that to everybody else. I will tell that. I, I we, promise. We will tell that to everyone, sir. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to uh, to, to speak with us. Um, I w- yeah. Well, I, I was I was impressed by your resume. I was I saw that you were going to be speaking here, and I, I think sometimes uh, working in a in a creative field, especially as an artist, maybe uh, you run into a situation where people know you, they know your work, but they don't know that they. That they know you? Yeah, yeah. I had a friend of mine, Carl Moline. He's a professional. We worked at Cross Gen together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Carl. He's, he's working on. I think he did doing the gray. You know, with Josh Whedon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I met him about ten years ago, or maybe twelve years ago at Cross Gen, he goes, "Oh, you are an actual person." I thought <laughs> Jim Fern was like one of these collective names. Really? Yeah. Whenever guys would like jam together and finish a job, like at continuity, they would call it trusty bunkers. So nobody actually had credit. So it's pseudonym. Yeah. Pseudonym. Yeah. yeah. For like a bunch of people. Okay. Marvel had a pseudonym. I forgot what it was. I was sure. one of those pseudonyms. Sure, sure, sure. But I am a real person. You're a real, You're a real guy. He thought I was a pseudonym for like a bunch of guys. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that, that, is, that is hilarious. Yeah. I, I'm going to go over a little bit of your resume for people uh, listening. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I'm like, and, I'm like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, we can tell you your resume and help us with it. Uh, uh, so, uh, P- penciler, inker, artist Jim Fern was born on Long Island, New York in 1964. Became an inker for Marvel in 1983, working on various Spider-Man titles. He later started penciling as a fill-in artist on titles such as Amazing Spider-Man, X-Men Annual 13, where he is credited as being co-designer of the... Uh, Jubilee, the character Jubilee, drew uh, uh, drew her in her first story. Uh, Transformers, a title that's been very near and dear to, to my heart, uh, and also Wolverine. Fern also started work uh, with DC Comics as an artist on such titles as Legion, uh, 90, Adventures of Superman, Batman, Detective Comics, and co-created the series Scarlet. In addition to his comic book work, Jim has worked as a Walt Disney World artist for the Disney Design Group and has done work for Vertigo on the title Crossing Midnight, a series that he co-created with Mike Carey. Pretty close? That's absolutely on the money. Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) For everything you just said. Damn it. All right. Well, you know, uh, we took some artistic license, sir. Uh, so, we had a couple of questions uh, prepared, and, uh, you know, I, first off, 
Here we are at a comic book convention. Comic books are, are on the rise. I mean, geek culture is on the rise. Is the label of geek one that you would apply to yourself? I think we're all geeks. Mine, mine, mine's old movies. I'm an old movie geek. Okay. okay. All right. You know, I never thought I'd be drawing comic books for a living. I, you know, I was an epic comics guy. I bought and loved epic. So I, I'm a fine artist first, so I wanted to draw a fine art story. I saw one story in heavy metal way back, like in 79. I don't even remember the, the artist's name, but he was South American. He had a Spanish name. And it was all in pencil, like nice pencil rendering. And I thought, you know, wow, that's beautiful. And then when I had the chance to, to get into comics, that's what I wanted to do. So I had an okay. interview with Archie Goodwin. I was already doing work for like, you know, uh, inking here and there, mm -hmm. but I wanted to do the epic stuff. I wanted to do like fine art. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a sporadic geek. I can't right. tell you the issue of anything. Well, no, no, no. But you, oh, let's go back for a minute. You said you're a geek when it comes to old movies. Yeah, so I'm let's start there. Talk, As am I. So go ahead. Yeah. I've met Lauren Bacall. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. My dad looked a little bit like yeah, Humphrey Bogart. I never knew Humphrey Bogart, right? Uh, I never knew my dad. I never knew Humphrey Bogart. Either. So, but I would, I would watch Humphrey Bogart movies, thinking, you know, my favorite Humphrey Bogart movie is to have a hammer. That's just the precedent for action movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, that Die Hard and everything starts yeah. with that movie, right? And of course, Lauren Bacall's in. So I would, I would watch these Bogart movies. Trying to envision that that was my dad, because I never knew my dad. So, fast forward, I don't know how many years, in 1995, I pull open a newspaper and I see Lauren Bacall is going to appear at this bookstore, blah, blah, blah. Now, I had all these Humphrey Bogart drawings that I would sell at conventions. They were like six ninety five. dollars Yeah. Matt, shrink wrap. And I said, ooh, where are those? I have one, I have one left. It was at my sister's. My sister smokes. So, there, she was on the wall, so it was all stained with oh, nicot no. nicotine, you know? I said, oh, I gotta clean this up. So I'm cleaning nicotine stains off of the picture I actually gave Lauren McCall. <laughs> and I gave, I gave her the whole rundown about my dad. And she looked at me square in the eye. And she goes, I think you turned out just fine. Oh, I never knew my dad. You know? Wow. And I, was, I, I skated out of there. Wow. Yeah, I right? I could only imagine. Right. I could only imagine. You know what, Jim? I, I, I think that's you put it best. We're all a geek about something. Right. Some of us are geeks about sports. Some of us are geeks about comic books. Some of us are geeks about old movies. I, 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 I love that. Um, so, I mean, what, what, was your, what was your entry point? To, to comic book superheroes. Well, you know, really, I've been, I've been, I've been blessed. Really, my, I, I grew up in New York. My uncle, my mom was born in New Orleans. We all jumped. In. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, my uncle, her brother, uh, went from New Orleans to New York to Virginia. So he was ushering in, at church in Virginia with a guy by the name of Bill Rex. He had his own comic strip in the newspaper called Clock. It looked like the Wizard of It or BC. Okay. They all looked like okay. the same guy. Oh yeah. Like ca caveman sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. But Croc was a leg like legionnaires. Okay. So my uncle, I didn't even know I, my uncle was showing him my drawings over the years. Mm -hmm. So I went down to visit my uncle in Virginia at I was fifteen years old during one summer. And my uncle introduces me to Bill Reckon. And Bill Reckon says to me, I think your work is wonderful. You can start working right now. I have, I have a friend who's a comic book artist, needs a background assistant. Now I'm in 10th grade in high school. 
And I'm like, what? I said, you, you mean I can actually make money doing this? And that was my, I was like, I wow. Know, I, would, I would read comics. I would never think of it as a joke. Can, can you, Jim, give just a little background for our listeners that might not be familiar. Bill, so Bill Reckon approached you. Can you just give a little background about, at the time? Bill uh, Reckon? Yeah, yeah, just for our, our yeah, listeners. Yeah. Well, if you, if you look up Bill, if you look up Croc, the comic okay. strip yeah. in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. Bill Reckon uh, was doing that, I don't know how many years. And wow. his writer was Don Wilder. Okay. okay. Uh, so he was a nationally syndicated comic strip. I was also a part of the National Cartoon Society. Okay. I met Charles Schultz. And, you know, I had wow. with Beetle, you know, Mo Walker, Beetle Bailey. It's kind of great. I've, I've lived a great life. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, so he was part of that group. So the comic book group and that group were like the same but separate. Sure, yeah, yeah. Right? The, the comic strip people versus right. the comic book yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so here my here it is. And that was one of my favorite comic strips. I even had cutouts in one of my one of my books. And when I met Bill Reckon, I was like, you're going to be kidding me. I, you know, I love this guy's stuff. And I told him, it's a 15-year-old kid. So, and here I am just being confronted with, you can start working right now. So imagine, this is summer, right? And I'm 15 years old in high school. I go back to New York. I couldn't concentrate in that school. <laughs> right. I'm doing I'm doing What's the all point? Of it. In yeah, your what's mind, the point? You had already, yeah. Yeah. I, you know how crazy is it? You already made it at the 10th grade. Right. And I didn't even ask for it. I was right. like, what? That, that, you know? that is, that's an incredible that's story. Yeah. That's an, I, I think one of the things that's great about this particular, you know, about genre, about comic books, and it, it really is one of the few... Uh, forms of entertainment where I think you fans get a chance to really connect with their heroes and, oh. and uh, uh, more so than other en- entertainment. In high school, my favorite show was Greatest American Hero. Oh William my God! <laughs> yes, so he could fly, but he couldn't land. He, he, he could fly, but he couldn't land. Couldn't right? land. Yeah. He didn't know how the thing worked. He didn't know how it worked. And William Pat has become a good friend of mine over the years. You know, like the past five, six years. Wow. Yeah, we're. I could say we're buddies only because of the generosity of his. He's like the most positive. He's like the stereotypical. Beach, LA guy, you know. Sure, He's sure, sure. Positive and upbeat. Sure. Always has a good vibe. You, you met him at a, at a con, or no, just through? No, it was you know you go on Facebook and they always have these friend suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, gee, William Cat, well, big deal. But so he had a, his own comic book company, a small uh-huh. one, really published. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like in- incredible. Five, six years ago. So That's I sent insane. him a message. I figured out, just throw it out there. And his assistant or secretary, whoever it was, said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll forward your message to him. So he actually replied, and he said, yeah. And I said, hey, whatever it was. And he goes, well, I don't have any work for you right now. I'm sorry, you know, but I love your work. It's spectacular work. I said, thanks. I said, but I'm not looking for it. I'm just saying hi, because I've just, always been a fan of yours. Yeah, and he sure. goes, oh, I'm liking you even better. So from that, we've been friends. Wow, that's like, fantastic. And I finally got to meet him in person two years ago at the Florida Super Bowl. Fantastic! Yeah, wow. Okay, one one of the things I'm, I'm a huge X Men fan, and I gotta say, you've created, you know, one of the one of the most notable characters of the team, and for me, you know, it, not a lot of people's favorite. I'm not gonna lie, you know, not a lot of people are gonna say so. And but I gotta ask, where did where where did you come up with the design? What made you like? What did they give well, you to say, "Hey, let's try to do this"? Well, I'm just a, a workhorse, right? And right? I never, you know, I'm not like this. I don't sit there coming up with all these great creations. Thank goodness you have writers that do this stuff. So it was Chris Claremont, you know. They uh-huh. just, he just wrote a little blurb, you know, what she looks like, pixie-ish, Asian, 
And he described the costumes, so I, that's what I did. But I have to, like, animate, you know, give, give it soul. Yeah, you got to give yeah, it some yeah, kind of life. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's what I try to do. you got to reflect the, the character's personality yeah. visually. you got to do the storytelling in, right. from from the character's first appearance. This yeah. is what the character's about. Whoa. So he, he described her as, as living in this underground thing, sort of like the Lost Boys in Peter Pan. And I, like, I automatically thought, you know, Tinkerbell. Right, right. right. So that's, that, that was like, that I tried sense. to animate her like Tinkerbell. Would be, so. Wow. And, and, and hers is a look that has not really changed very no. much over the years. What, what is that like for you as someone who you participates like, That's in mine. the creation of a character to see her go on? Well, you know, what is that like for you? Well, you know, I did like Legion 90 for DC. I was yeah. always more of a DC guy. But yeah. I love Spider-Man. So it was a rush job and Brainiac was in one of these crossovers. And they, yeah. they didn't have a costume yet. And I had to finish my issue before the crossover issue. So Mike Carlin said, just just do a Brainiac costume. So I just whipped it up, and they kept that Brainiac costume for like, I don't know how many years. That's phenomenal. It is. It's nice. So it's basically like if you wrote a letter to somebody, and you see that letter years later, you don't really, right. it's not like, I, I just don't, you know. Hey, watch out, your money. Uh, I'm not worried about it. All right. So there's a big, uh, this is WWE, where right. we're reporting live. Oh, my God. I was like, he's a big dude. All right, well, yeah. it looks like I'm going to flip the table around here. No, so you, I just don't, it's kind of like, for me, it's just like writing a letter. Like, my own penmanship yeah. doesn't really, but, like, characters that I love, like the Wonder Woman, the new trailer coming out. Yes. My best friend in life is Don Heck. You know, Don Heck, okay. he, created, he created Tony Stark, he designed yeah. Iron Man. He loved his Wonder Woman work more than he loved any of that old Golden Marble Age stuff, or Silver Age, whatever, I forget which is which. Right, sure. right, sure. Yeah, so when I saw the trailer for Wonder Woman, I was in tears uh, for Don Heck, you know? Uh, because Maybe somebody will be in tears for me when Jubilee shows up. <laughs> well, you know, it, what's, what's kind of funny is, like, I remember when Fox did the 90s cartoon, yeah. and they turned her white. You know, and then, yeah. but the new movies, yeah, she's, she's, Asian. she's she's Asian she's again. Asian. So I was like, I remember looking. I'm like, look. I was like, it's back to where it is. Yeah, and right. yeah. you know, you see those pink sunglasses and that yellow jacket. You yeah. automatically assume. Well, I you know, like you to look. take credit for that costume, but I didn't do that. <laughs> but I like it. You, you know, can take credit for you it. Could, well, you can, yeah, well, we can take it. I thought of it, but somebody else. Right. That's what they did. That's what they did. Um, who is who's a character that I mean you like you said you've been you've been very you've very had your rounds you, you've you know had your rounds. but who is a is a character if any exists that you haven't laid your hand on that that you know you would love the opportunity to or do you think you have you have you touched all the characters? Well, I'm such an old school guy. I mean, Captain America is still like in the back of my yeah. head. I got to at okay. least do one Captain America. I, you know, I don't know. But I mean, even if I just do it at conventions, you know, I just want to do like a nice Captain. America. That's I'm one great. of these old school altruist type of guys. You know, I'm a Superman. Batman. So your Captain America obviously is going to have the wings. He's not going to be that armor helmeted no. and all that kind of stuff. No, that's be, that's what I love. You know, this is a perfect segue. Then this is a topic that we frequently talk about on our podcast and it is the trends in comic books toward it seems like they want to make every comic book character a Batman pastiche or a Punisher pastiche and how everybody's angry and brooding everyone's angry and brooding and so as someone who is more kind of like you said you described yeah. self-described old school right. guy what's right. your opinion about this? we could use a little less dark in life we got yeah. enough realistic darkness going on 
you'd like to see like when Superman, you know, Henry Cavill, I think is great as Superman. Yeah. Brandon Ruth, poor guy, he, they, 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 you know, but anyway, he was good, but the movie was, but Brandon No, we agree. Henry Cavill, right? So there's a scene where he's like absorbing the energy. Yeah. Like, at some point, he should just contain that. Right? And all that dark color should just disappear. No, I agree. It doesn't, it, <laughs> oh, I like right? that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like Christopher Reeve, but at least a little bit, there should be yeah. something below. Have that yeah. smile, too. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, we were saying, I, I miss, even with, like, movie-wise, they're doing it now with DC. You don't see Superman smile anymore. He right. used to have that smile where he would look and he's like, right. it's even with Batman, he would smile towards well, him and be like, it's okay. Even at the end of Superman Returns, he smiles at us like Christopher Reeve. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's do that. I loved that, you know, and, and we've, we've totally said the same thing where we're noticing that, that people, like, uh, the nerds are, are focusing towards, like, these... Anti-heroes. Yeah, yeah, these slapstick no. anti-heroes. It's, and, it's almost God. Yeah, like this... Honestly, the top two I can tell you. For men, it's Deadpool. It's Deadpool. Everybody right, loves the Deadpool. And for women, it's Harley Quinn. And we look and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you guys are looking in the wrong direction here, you know? And I should say, I, I love both of those characters, but one of the things that is, is great about, I think, about comic books is it's, they're archetypes. Right? They're, they're, they're archetypes. And with archetypes, there's room for, for everything in there. And, and Really, any kind of great science fiction is telling a story about the human condition, just yeah. doing it in a fantastic way. So, so paint with a with with an entire palette. You yeah. know, don't don't just stick to the darks and the yeah. blacks and the grays. Use use everything. I mean, there has to be an audience out there for somebody who just comes mm-hmm. out and shines. Yeah, know? no, I agree. I, I think now, especially more than ever, just with, with the state of the world, we could use yeah, more. No, uh, I agree. Uh, characters that are meant to inspire. And and I'll say this: I think Marvel, to their credit, I think as far as their movies go, they found a way I think like Captain America they made they gave Captain America an edge right. you know Chris, right. uh, Chris what's, what's his name not Ed, yeah, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans is Captain America who was Firestorm uh, he was Human Torch he was Johnny Storm Firestorm Johnny Storm yeah 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 you know six of one the guy that flies who's on fire and our green arrow is now yeah yeah exactly but but they you know they gave Captain America an edge but he still stands for something he doesn't yeah. Compromise on his principles. Yes, right. uh, yeah, so. he still has that altruism, right? You know, so, that purity. Yeah, and I think you can do that. I think yeah. that, you know people. I think the argument against this would would say, well, you know, people don't go in for all that kind of old-fashioned kind of, you know, the Dick Donner. Yeah, Superman. but rea- reality is what you dictate reality to be. That's nope. true. Agreed. Very, very true. Agreed. Very true. Um, well, Jim, this has been a pleasure this to talk with you. Thank you for taking a little bit of time well, to talk with us. Thank you. I'm glad I was the only guest at this convention that you had to come up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, like, even with us, like I said, we try not to gush, but we're going to gush anyway, so it's just what we do. I appreciate it. Uh, this has been Jay and Chris at the Melbourne Toy and Comic that was our interview with Jim Fern. Um, yeah. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to make sure that we get more of our hosts uh, just to come and say hi to us. We're going to see what we can get. Absolutely. All right. We'll be back.